Evening, everybody. Uh, well, my uh, previous uh, guest was going to be here tonight, but uh, due to some technical difficulties, uh, he's not going to be joining us, so we're going to go ahead and reschedule him. In the meantime, though, I figured I'd uh, grab myself a cocktail and uh, tell you the tale of woe. Um, nah, fuck that. I don't like that intro. <laughs> you know, I've always been fascinated with... Uh, with death and uh, especially, you know, the the, um, the the homicide detective side of things, you know, always interested in you know shows like the first forty eight, uh, you know, murder chose me, you know, things like that where it follows around real detectives. Um, but when it really gets interesting for me is when you know uh, other areas of interest start to to intersect. So, for example, you know, around. 85, 86, I started getting into pro wrestling. Now, you know, I'm a, you know, young kid. I think I'm about, you know, 10 or 12. You know, and I'm watching, you know, these larger-than-life uh, people. People like, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and, and Macho Man Rainy Savage, you know, Iron Sheik and Hill, Hillbilly Jim and, <clears throat> and all that. And, uh, you know, so when I, ha when I have those two interests, um, you know, they kind of, you know, go back and forth uh they're they're very polar opposites um but when they they intersect that's when it gets really interesting for me and then i got really fascinated so uh for example uh, dino bravo uh, not a lot of people know about dino bravo because he was he was about a mid-card guy back on pro wrestling he was a massive massive man um uh, you know big broad shoulders giant chest the, the guy was legitimately a strong man um but <coughs> excuse me but what uh, was interesting about him was uh, the way he died. So, kind of go back a little bit. Dino Bravo, uh, when he first started out, he was known as a babyface. He was kind of the good guy. And as time went on, uh, he eventually kind of turned heel, turned into a bad guy. Um, and everybody seemed to kind of, you know, uh, uh, turn against him. Well, for a while, that seemed to work. And he got a little bit of success with that. And he was wrestling some, you know, in some pretty big events. Uh, but by around the... Late 80s, early 90s, his star was kind of to fade a little bit, and he ended up uh, saying, you know, uh, you know, the the WWF, which is now the WWE, they uh, they said, listen, you know, you're a great guy, but we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and let you go. But the problem was is that Dino Bravo lived a pretty high lifestyle. Uh, he had nice cars, he had a nice house, you know, he was going out to dinners all the time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, come to find out um, later on, he got into a bit of a trouble. He ended up getting into illegal uh, cigarette smuggling. And for those of you that don't know about that, uh, it's when you can go to a place where you will buy cigarettes, usually in bulk, uh, for uh, pennies on the dollar. You know, there's no tax, no nothing. Usually on like Indian reservations, things like that. Uh, and then you bring them over to a heavily taxed area and you sell those cigarettes, um, but you sell them for standard retail price and you keep the profit. <clears throat> now, because it's not drugs, because it's not violent, typically, uh, because it's not any of those things, police tend to you know, kind of look the other way. You know, it's it's a high uh, high reward, low risk type of uh, situation. At least it was then. So, <sighs> Dino um, wanted to keep that high lifestyle going, and uh, unfortunately for him, unfortunately for him, he was related to. Uh, some members of Cosa Nostra, uh, the Mafia, the mob, what uh, most people know about. Um, he was related by marriage. Uh, I believe it was his father-in-law, grandfather-in-law, somebody 
one of his in-laws um, had was heavily involved in organized crime. And they said, hey, you know, Dino, why don't you, you know, the WWF, they're kind of done with you. Why don't you, why don't you come work for us? And so Dino said, you know, he, I, I love you guys, your family and all, but I just, I don't want to get involved with that. Well, <clears throat> pretty soon the bills started piling up and pretty soon, you know, things started, you know, I mean, when you're living, you know, in a big giant house and you're driving nice cars, you know, there's mortgage, there's, you know, car payments, you know, all these things start coming to a head and pretty soon he kind of painted himself into a corner. And pretty soon, uh, he said, well, you know, maybe if I just do it just a little bit, you know, maybe, maybe just a little bit, it won't, won't be that bad. And so he got into cigarette smuggling. <clears throat> now, up in Canada, uh, where he was at, I believe it was outside of Montreal, don't quote me on that one, but basically he would go to these, uh, Indian reservations and he would pick up, you know, truckloads of cigarettes. And the Indians, um, who were selling it to him were looking at him going, hey, it's Dino Bravo, I recognize you from TV, man, I love you. And then pretty soon, uh, they said they only wanted to deal with Dino, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, organized crime figures generally don't like it when you, you know, either by force or just the nature of the beast, um, you know, they're, they're kind of pushed out of the market. So that kind of aggravated some people. But, you know, organized crime being what it is, they pulled Dino aside and said, hey, Dino, tell you what, um, how about you let us in on this uh, cigarette uh, thing and we'll let you in on a cocaine deal, and so Dino was like, "Oh boy, that's 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 tempting." But all right, so it kind of felt like he was painted into a corner a little bit. So Dino got himself into a cocaine deal, and in that cocaine deal, there was four hundred thousand dollars worth of cocaine. Now you have to understand, this is in nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety three. $400,000 is basically like a million dollars a day. So you're talking a million dollars worth of drugs. Well, um, Dino said, yep, bring it on over to this warehouse, you know, stash it for, you know, a couple days, then come get it. So sure enough, um, they bring the drugs, they let it sit, uh, they don't pick it up for a couple of days, and all of a sudden the police find out about it, swoop in, and everybody's arrested. So now, naturally, people are just furious. They're going, hey, do we have a rat? You know, what's going on? Fingers get pointed. You know, you should have told us, you know, oh, you should have picked up the cocaine, you know, earlier. On, 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 on. Um, really became one of those, you know, you, you fucked up and you fucked up, you know, in the eyes of the mafia. So in March of 93, um, it's a heavily snowy day. Uh, Dino's wife and daughter went out to, uh, I think it was like ballet classes or something like that. There was a recital of some kind. Took her out and came back and her, uh, she opened up the door and luckily the daughter was asleep. But the, uh, the walls were covered in blood. And Dino was slumped over a chair with a remote in his hand uh, watching a hockey game. And he had 17 bullets in him. I think it was 10 in his chest and 7 in his head or vice versa. But it was clearly overkill. And so the police, um, you know, did their investigation. They looked, you know, couldn't find anything. It was a heavily snowy day, like I said. Um, but it was uh, difficult to find, you know, footprints. It was difficult to see any force entry, anything like that. So Dino likely knew his killer, invited him in. The guy probably said, you know, hey, I got to go take a piss. Walked off, came back, shot him a bunch of times. So... I don't like the taste of that lemon drop. 
I think I made it too strong. Anyway, um, so Dino, he's found dead. And here we are, you know, almost 30 years later, and nobody's been arrested for the crime. And Dino, um, his family, swears him down it was organized crime. Uh, you know, one of the in-laws did him in. And to be fair, you know, if you have a screw-up, you know, for $400,000 back then, uh, yeah, it, it may make your day's number. In fact, Dino said as much to uh, Rick Martell and a couple other people that he knew. And he says, hey, man, you know, I, I, I'm afraid. You know, I think, I think they're going to kill me. And sure enough, they did. And so I've always been fascinated by that case because <clears throat> here you have a guy, top of the world, making huge amounts of money, living a high life, doing well, um, and just couldn't let it go couldn't let the the high lifestyle go um and and that's something i see you know a lot lately uh for example um you know me i'm kind of the polar opposite i'm looking at it uh you know with my investments as as soon as i get to a certain spot i don't have to work anymore you know i don't, I don't have that that need to continue to buy the latest and greatest goodies to drive the nicest cars live in the biggest houses those things would be nice but i don't don't necessarily need them so when you have somebody like Dino who's used to being on TV, who's used to screaming fans, who's used to all these things, um, it's, it can be pretty addictive. Um, and you can paint you into a corner really, really quickly. Um, so to this day, they haven't solved the crime. And, uh, you know, if there's any, uh, you know, uh, anybody out there uh, connected to uh, the RCMP, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, uh, and they can get me information on that case, I would love to read through that. I would love to read through... The autopsy report, I'd love to read through, you know, all those things. In fact, that's just kind of one of those bizarre, you know, fascinations with me. Um, I've read through the autopsy reports of several famous people. Um, for example, uh, Sam Kinison. Uh, I don't know if you all know the late, great Sam Kinison. If you want to see politically incorrect, absolutely filled with raw rage, hilarious stand-up comedy, Go see Sam Kinison. Grab all of his uh, his albums. Watch his specials, especially the first one. Um, this guy is absolutely hilarious. You have to understand, when Sam came out in 86, he was absolutely different than everybody else. He This is an era where everything was politically correct, even more so than we have today. Uh, we have... Uh, he talks about sex, he talks about religion, he talks about things that um, really the the core of human beliefs, and he's absolutely hilarious. And so when he died in 1992 uh, from a car accident, you know, you kind of, you know, this is 1992, there was no Twitter, Google, you couldn't get information on these things. So uh, eventually I uh, came across his autopsy report, uh, read through it. Um, got hit head on, caught the windshield with his head, caught the steering wheel with his chest, filled with blood, and uh, basically that was the end for Sam. Yeah, I love that that guy. He was he was great. Um, same thing with uh, Dimebag Daryl, uh, the uh, heavy metal guitarist that was shot on stage. Uh, he caught a bullet in, on uh, behind his right ear, a bullet behind his head, and a bullet behind his left ear. Um, you know, really, you know, it, it's quite fascinating to me to see these horrible crimes you know just from a from a technical standpoint from a you know how did this happen you know what were the motives behind it you know things of that nature but see that intersect with 
you know, people I've watched and enjoyed their art, whether that be comedy or music or anything. Um, the other one that, and I've, I was fascinated with it when it started, um, but it, uh, or when it, when it happened, that one really kind of got me, even though I, I had kind of fallen out of love with pro wrestling, I, I quit watching pro wrestling around 92, 93, somewhere in there. Uh, and it was, it just, it, it became kind of fake. And I think what really kind of drove a stick through the heart was, uh, Hogan getting up and, you know, saying, you know, yeah, I've been using steroids forever, you know, stare, you know, everything is fake. And, you know, when you're a young kid, you know, you're 10, you're 12, you know, whatever, you'll, you'll buy into it because this is back when pro wrestling swore down it was real. And you think, you know, you kind of believe it. Well, <clears throat> when, uh, when they, when they came out and they says, yeah, you know, it's all fake and I've been pumping steroids for years. You know, you go back and you watch all these, you know, uh, these, these promos that Hulk Hogan did, you know, the training, the prayers, vitamins, you know, that kind of thing. And you go, this is all bullshit. So, you know, and then of course by that time, you know, I was, you know, just kind of coming into my own after discovering girls and things like that. So I'm like, okay, do I watch, you know, sweaty men, you know, uh, beat the hell, pretend bait the hell out of themselves. Or do I chase the neighbor girl down the street who, uh, might let me have a little bit of fall her. So, so that was the end of that. But in uh, 2007, uh, there was a uh, pro wrestler by the name of Chris Benoit. And I know I can probably hear some of you going, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, Chris Benoit, uh, he was a pro wrestler. The guy was in phenomenal shape from the videos I've seen. The guy was in really, really good shape. And he... Um, murdered his wife and seven-year-old son and then offed himself now the thing you know I, i've watched a couple documentaries on it I've, I've seen the autopsy report i've even seen a documentary where they showed his brain in a bucket um which uh, remind me later about brain in a bucket i got a funny story about that one so <clears throat> i'm uh I'm watching these documentaries and I'm just absolutely fascinated by somebody who could just snap like that. You know, I mean, we've all had fights with our spouses, right? We've even had fights with our spouses where we were just so enraged that you, you for a split second, you thought about just killing them, you know, for whatever reason. Um, <clears throat> you caught her cheating. He came home smelling like another woman. Uh, he beat the hell out of you one night, you know, whatever. It, it happens, right? And... When I, when I saw this case, you know, my, my first thought was, okay, you know, you had a fight with your old lady, right? You, you, you fought about something. She didn't like something you did, something you said, whatever. You got mad, and you snapped, and you killed her. Okay, these things happen. You're going to go to jail. No, no question. But when I read that he did it to his son, my first thought was, you fucking monster. Because... You know, I got kids of my own, right? And, you know, the, the thought of any kind of harm happening to my son uh, just would send me into a flying rage against whoever did it. And, and I figure most parents are like that. Um, but for, for him to not only kill his son, but do it in a way that um, he basically suffocated him uh, and he sedated him. Um, he, he basically gave him pills, he fell asleep, and then he choked him out. Um, and 
my first thought was, you fucking monster, bury him under the prison. You know, burn him up, cremate him, spread his ashes. He doesn't exist. And then I saw his brain slides. You know, little you know, little medical slides that you see when they take the, uh, uh, the, the slide. Because you look at this and they compare it to a normal brain. And this guy just had huge amounts of brain damage. And according to this documentary I was watching, they were saying, you know, yeah, you know, there's, there's obviously no excuse, but, you know, there may be a reason. You know, there's a difference between an excuse and a reason. You know, the excuse is, well, you know, I don't want to get in trouble, so I'm just going to throw out whatever reason. The reason, though, is I'm still in trouble. I know I'm in trouble, but, you know, this is why it happened. And when I see this guy's brain slides, and I'm looking at this going... You know, no wonder he had rage issues, you know. Um, in fact, there's a picture, I think it's on Reddit, uh, called Last Images. And you can find a picture of him. Now, he killed, um, I think, the wife on, like, a Friday, for example. Then he killed the boy on a Saturday. And then I think he waited a little while and then killed himself. But I believe he went out. Like, went grocery shopping or, you know, he went out and did something. Because there's a picture of him uh, at, like, a barber shop or something like that. And he's got this weird look in his face. And this is apparently the last picture that was ever taken of him when he was alive. And the thing that gets me about it is he's looking like he's wanting to scream out, Oh, God, somebody help me, you know. Um, like, he knows... You know, I've offed my family entirely. My life is over. Um, and you see that a lot when you watch, you know, these, you know, like episodes of Cops and things like that. You see a guy who's, you know, shot his old lady and then he's barricaded himself in. You know, they, they kind of go through and they, they, uh, um, they're, they're kind of cornered. They kind of think to themselves, oh God, you know, I'm never going to get out of jail or they're going to stick a needle in my arm. Uh, and they, they just go from there. Um, so yeah, so I was watching this documentary on Chris Benoit and, you know, there, there just seems to be just such a monstrous act about it. And of course, and we've seen this a lot with any kind of incident, when something happens, these incidents, uh, there's not a lot of information that comes out. So naturally people kind of make up in their own minds, <coughs> excuse me, they uh, make up in their own minds what happened. And then they act accordingly to what they think uh, happened. So, for example, the WWE. Oh, my God. I, I saw this, and I I understood where they're coming from. And I'm not holding anything against them or anything like that. But I have seen so many times where things happen and then more information comes out that you would think for a half a second that somebody would have said, hold on. Let's get more information. We're just going to put out Chris Benoit, his wife, and his son were found dead in their house. We have no more information. And as soon as we do, we'll let you know. So they go out at WWE. And they put on this huge tribute show to Chris Benoit. Making him, oh my god, you know. because they, they You could see that they almost thought that it was somebody broke in and you know killed the whole family. And that wasn't the case. And so they have these glowing, oh my God, Chris, I love you so much. Can't believe you're gone. You know, this tribute, which under any other circumstance would have been fine. 
And then you see Vince McMahon, who I do not care for. He just, he comes across as like a weasel to me. Like, I don't know, there's something about him just, you know how like you can just look at somebody. They haven't said or done anything to you, but there's just something about you just like, yeah, you know, something about you just pisses me off. He's that kind of guy. And he comes out there the next day and he goes, okay, we got more information. We're going to talk about Chris Benoit, but I'm not going to mention his name again. On and on and on. And they wiped him from existence. And they did a pretty good job of it, honestly. Um, but, you know, when I when I see these kind of acts, you know, you, know, you have a fight, with, like I say, with your old lady. You know, something happens, you get heated, somebody pulls a gun, somebody pulls a knife, whatever. Fine. But when you get beyond that, that's when you just, because you kind of go, you, your, your mind naturally thinks, what happened? You know, what could have possibly caused this? Then you look inward a little bit, you know. You think, okay, well, is there something that I could see parallel in my eyes? Um, and that's that's kind of dovetails a little bit into, you know, some things that I'm seeing lately. Um, nobody waits for information anymore. Nobody says, you know what, I'm going to hold off judgment. Nobody says, you know, I'm seeing this and this looks bad on paper, but I really want to be sure before I say yes or no. Um, perfect example. Um, we recently had, um, looks from pictures I've seen, a couple thousand people stormed the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> now, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being like bar right Christian, you know, fundamentalist, uh, number, you know, 1 being a, you know, far left, Bernie bro, purple haired, he, they, them, pronoun bullshit things i'm probably like a six right some things i'm liberal on some things i'm conservative on you know things of that nature but i i, I like to have evidence you know and when i see somebody do something and they condemn it i want to know that they're going to condemn it across the board so for example about six months ago uh protesters stormed the seattle city hall and more infamous, infamously they uh, took over as an armed insurrection uh, seven blocks of downtown Seattle. They had AR-15s. They had set up borders. They did all the things that a right-wing type of people would do. And you saw these left-wing politicians, Kamala Harris and um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all these other uh, people, jump up and say yep they have the right to do it and i encourage it and we need to address their grievances and on and on and, on. and nobody said anything and then for the couple of weeks that seattle they they call it chaz initially but then it became chop because i guess they don't like the word chaz so it's chaz it is fuck you if you don't like it they they said they had two murders they had robberies. They had reports of rape. They had it, it was a lawless land, and all these left-wing politicians said nothing, did nothing, or encouraged it, including the state of uh, Washington's governor Inslee, which I don't fucking like him. That's a guy's a fucking weasel. And if you're listening to Inslee, fuck you. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I just don't like this lemon drop. I gotta make it a little sweeter next time. Or I got a better, get a better drink. <laughs> Which reminds me, if y'all got uh, uh, ideas for drinks, you know, that I'll have during the show, let me know. 
Let me have some fun. So, anyway. So, uh, anyway, these left-wing politicians, they're praising things. And yep, 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 they that's the constitutional rights. So then when the Capitol building gets stormed, they do a complete 180. This is all Trump's fault. This is all horrible. I can't believe this. Shut these people down. Arrest them. All that. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute. You had no problem when protesters stormed Seattle City Hall? So you don't think that that's a bit hypocritical? Not in the least. In fact, the one thing that I'm noticing is that they said five people died in that uh, in the storming of that. However, if you look a little deeper, three of those people had, they said, quote-unquote, medical conditions. So you had heart attacks, you know, you know what have you. Um, and for me, that's that's the fundamental of things that's, that's kind of, it just aggravates me a little bit. I want to see somebody stand up and say, I believe this, and even in the face of, of you know, your guy or your side doing it, you say, no, 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 this is wrong. Um, Alyssa Milano's that way, you know, believe all women, you know, unless of course it's, you know, Joe Biden that gets accused, you know, that kind of bullshit. So, I don't know, I just, you know, when I see, you know, some of these types of things that happen, it really is fascinating to me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure that some of you remember, you know, Rotten.com and, you know, all these, you know, first generation shock websites where they had you know uh, some some pretty horrible things you know videos of you know guys getting you know shot or you know what have you um but when it yeah like i say it, when it happens to somebody famous it, it's doubly interesting to me um you know i mean i watched the first 48 i love that show that show's great and it's been on the air for got 20 years now and the formula doesn't change you know, follow a homicide detective around for the first 48 hours of, a, of an investigation. And it's always the same thing, you know. Some guy got off for whatever reason. They, you know, do an investigation. They figure it out. And in the back of my head, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, that, 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 and that. It's just one of those things that, you know, from the early days of the internet, I got, you know, exposed to that. And it kind of built that callus over my heart so things don't really bother me anymore, you know. Um, yeah, perfect example. Um, and, and don't look this up if you have any kind of, it's going to sound bad, but a weak constitution. If you, if you can't watch something and not throw up, be sick, be disturbed, don't fucking watch this. The Iraqi beheading video of Nick Berg. I watched that and it didn't bother me. Which really said something to myself because a normal human being that would bother severely. Uh, I won't describe it just because you know it's it's pretty graphic. Um, you can hear screams, you can see blood everywhere. Um, luckily though, there's a better video probably about God I want to say like a year or two later. I, I don't know the timeline. Forgive me. Um, basically, we found the guy who did it and we dropped two 500 pound bombs on him. And the best part is that he took over an hour to die. So, fuck him. I think it's uh, Aman Zawahiri, I think his name was. Something like that. I don't know. But, you know, in the, at the end of the day, fuck him. The one that I want to get, though, 
and I blame Trump, I blame Biden, I blame Obama, I blame everybody. Is uh, I'm on Alzala Kiri, I think his name is. He's number two guy, or now he's the number one guy in Al Qaeda. He's the old guy with the glasses and the, the white beard and all that. It's like, where the fuck is he? How about we, you know, put a bullet through his forehead, you know? Like we do with Bin Laden, you know? Which, by the way, uh, I got a nice little uh, thumbs up on Twitter from uh, Robert McNeil. He's the guy that, uh, by all accounts, uh, shot Bin Laden in the forehead, which, you know, good for him. You know, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that guy never uh, ends up, uh, you, know, you know, buying a drink ever again in, in whatever town he happens to be in. But, uh, yeah, I uh, you know, started out thinking that, uh, you know, tell you these fun little stories about how a, uh, how well death and, uh, you know, um, fame kind of intersect sometimes and, you know, ended up, over here you know but i i think that you know when you see a famous person die uh you know in the news you know whatever not like physically witnessing it uh it, it has a different it strikes a different chord with you you know it, it you kind of sit there and you think wow you know i watched this person i enjoyed their music i enjoyed you know their art i enjoyed their painting you know things like that um you know i mean who saw Versace getting killed, you know, on the, you know, front doorstep of his house, you know, who saw, you know, Sam Kinison killed in a car accident by a drunk driver and he wasn't the drunk driver because, you know, by all accounts, Sam was going to be the one that OD'd on cocaine or, you know, uh, uh, you know, drove drunk and slammed into something. In fact, he's got a great bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to tell it and I'm, uh, I'm going to butcher it. And I'm apologize to Sam and all his fans, but uh, it's it's it, it's a funny bit. So Sam, when he first got into comedy, um, he always wanted a Corvette. So at the end of his first special, uh, he has a Corvette that he drives off in. And this is in the '80s, so it's like an '85 Corvette. And on the license plate, it says X Rev because Sam Kinison used to be a reverend, like a Pentecostal, you know religious christian reverend like you would think and he has amazing stage presence by the way uh so anyway um sam has he used to call him mr corvette and he says you know i'm you know it's about seven in the morning and i'm hearing something coming from the garage i'm hearing rrr, 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 rrr. and i go downstairs see what it is and it's uh mr corvette and he's sitting there in the garage he's like come on sam come on Come on, let's go get fucked. Let's go get some party. Let's go get fucked. Come on, let's go get some bitches. Come on, let's go. And I'm going, oh, no, man. No, Mr. Corvette, it's 7 in the morning. People are going to school. People are going to work. No, no, we, we can't, Mr. Corvette. Ah, you know what? Fuck you, Sam. I'm out of here. And Mr. Corvette takes off. And a couple hours later, uh, Mr. Corvette wrapped himself around a telephone pole. And uh, the cops find him. And all of a sudden, Mr. Corvette can't talk. He's like, rrr, rrr, rrr. and the cops knock on my door, and they're like, "Listen, um, we found Mr. Corvette wrapped around a telephone pole, and now we're looking for a uh, Mr. Explanation." <laughs> this is one of my favorite bits that he does, and uh, the reason why is because 
Sam would take some of his real life experiences and turn them into bits. Even some of the most fucked up, you know, pain points in his life, he would take them and he would turn them into something absolutely hilarious. So the story goes, Sam's out with C.C. DeVille. I don't know if C.C. DeVille is involved, so let me preface that. Sam's out with C.C. DeVille, and they're in Mr. Corvette. And they're going through the Hollywood Hills. Now, this is the mid-80s. C.C. DeVille is the lead guitarist for the band Poison. You probably recognize uh, Poison from, you know, uh, Brett Michaels, Rock of Love, that kind of shit, for your younger kids. So, <laughs> they're whining around. All of a sudden, they come out of an embankment, flip the car over, get slapped between a... Uh, get slapped between a, a telephone pole and the and the hill and they just kind of toss keys and walked away <laughs> so then the cops show up of course and they're like hey listen uh we found your car what's going on with you buddy and he's like not a clue what you mean ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, i loved sam he was absolutely hilarious um you know and and the thing was is that he kind of reminded me a little bit if you ever watch Futurama he reminds me of Bender a little bit um, just a lovable scamp always up to no good never really harming anybody but just up to no good you know did drugs did a lot of alcohol did an amazing amount of cocaine um, I mean he has a bit where he talks about uh, most people you know they're doing a two-inch line of cocaine and then he walks in because Sam would literally have parties that would last for days and then he'd walk into the house and somebody would be like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Sam. Here's your line of cocaine, buddy. And they would draw out this like two foot line of cocaine. And it would give him a garden hose. and be like, all right, man, go, 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 go. And he would literally grab the garden hose and go. And then all of a sudden his heart would start beating like crazy. He goes, hey, man. Hey, you guys got any shoe polish or something like that that I can drink? Slow my heart rate down? Huh? No? Huh. Oh, God. All right, cool. Hey, uh, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go lay down and beg God to live. Uh, you guys keep partying. Roll. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he, um, he would supposedly tip waitresses and, you know, huge amounts of dollars and... But, I mean, he was he was always getting in trouble. You know, it was always, a, you know, stupid shit. It was always, you know, getting caught with cocaine, getting caught with hookers, getting, or not necessarily hookers, but girls, uh, getting caught with all these things. And everybody just kind of went, ah, you know what, he's a lovable dude. He's a nice guy. And I think what turned me on to Sam Kinison's comedy was, you know, I was, God, I was 15 years old when I got introduced to Sam in 1989. And this is the height of his uh, of his fame he's selling out huge arena tours he's doing all these things and what set me on to sam was when i was 15 years old you know of course you're young dumb and full of cum you know he had these bits where he would talk about girls just breaking his fucking heart and getting fucked up and going out with his friends and you know just doing horribly irresponsible shit <clears throat> And that was all I was about when I was 15. You know, every kid's 15. You know, they're you know every 15-year-old boy is doing the same shit, you know. They're chasing girls. They're doing dumb decisions. You know, nothing like, you know, you're seeing today. I mean, most of the kids I see today... <coughs> excuse me. Most of the kids I see today, they... You look at them and you go, what the fuck happened? 
you know, it used to be every other generation previously, the next generation was a wilder generation. You know, the next generation was, you know, uh, you know, oh my God, you know, in the fifties it was rock and rolls and devil's music. In the sixties it was oh you fucking hippies. In the seventies it was oh my God all this drugs. In the eighties it was oh my God all these drugs and now you're investment brokers and yuppies and shit. In the nineties it kind of tapered off a little bit, and then the two thousands and on it just really tapered off. But you know, for me, I was fifteen years old, and I was chasing girls. And I chased this one girl, and I, I I loved her, and it was great. You know, what you think is love when you're 15, 17, whatever the hell it is. And you're running around with your friends, you're riding your bikes, you're you're thinking you're hot shit when you're, you don't know anything. And Sam had these bits that were absolutely hilarious. Because what he would do is he would take all of these things that were at the core of, of humanity that really spoke to you... And he would say, these things are fucked up, and here's why they're funny as hell. <laughs> I mean, me and my, you know, my family member, um, we used to get, uh, through his mom, we get dragged to church all the time. And when we got dragged to church, we hated every minute of it. Hated it. Because you would just see the hypocrisy of the church. You would see these things where you would go, hey, wait a minute, you got a guy. And Joel Osteen is a perfect example of modern day hypocrisy. You see a guy who has who sells out arenas every week. He sells out arenas. He's got huge amounts of wealth the whole line. Then a hurricane hits uh, Houston, Texas, and everybody's kind of going, "Hey, man, we're having some flooding. You know, how much open up?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, I'd like to, but you know." And and Sam would take people like that. We had a famous bit on uh, Jim Baker, and he, he would take things like that and he would just rip them apart. And, and with Jim Baker specifically, he had a wife, Tammy Faye, who was just one of the ugliest human beings you've ever seen in your fucking life. Just fucking horrific looking. Had on at least a pound and a half of makeup on her face. Just looked like, like, have you ever seen the episode of uh, Simpsons where Homer is an inventor and he takes a, uh, a makeup shotgun and he blasts Marge in the face? That's what she looked like. And so... <clears throat> He had this bit where he would talk about Jim Baker, you know, being the little weasel motherfucker that he is. He would say, listen, if I had, if I was Jim Baker, I would just have enough pride in myself as a man to go ahead and take my life. Just go into the fucking bathroom, throw a strap over the shower curtain rod, just kick out the stool and just go. Meanwhile, his wife is pounding on the door going, Jim, Jim. Hey, buddy, they were just kidding. The kids were just teasing you, hon. Jim, Jim. And that's what I missed. That's what I don't see in stand-up comedy anymore. And that's one, one of the... I mean, I could make a whole episode just on stand-up comedy alone. But that's one thing that I loved about, you know, Sam. Sam called out all the bullshit you see. I mean, you see it in, you know, Hollywood actors... You know, you see it in in politicians. You see it in, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of tribalism bullshit in politicians, but in in you know music stars and comedy and and you know religion and all this other shit. You see so much fucking hypocrisy. And Sam was one of the first big stars that I can remember. You know, from my generation that stood up and went, "This guy's full of shit. Fuck him." You know, and. I mean, like right now, uh, imagine if somebody right now 
stood up and said, Kanye West is a fucking lunatic to his face and, and made fun of him. And if somebody went up and said, you know, uh, I'm going to make fun of any of these other celebrities, especially the hot celebrities right now, um, <laughs> like the Imagine video, the I Take Responsibility video, we've all seen them. And they, they made the mistake of posting these videos on YouTube with comments enabled for just a little bit. And they got eaten alive by regular run-of-the-mill people because they should be. They're a bunch of self-important douchebags who just can't, you know, go without attention for five fucking minutes, you know. Especially that uh, that, that little motherfucker who plays uh, the guy on Breaking Bad where in the I, I Take Responsibility. He's like, I take responsibility. And you're going, fuck you, you worthless piece of shit, dumb motherfucker who gives a fuck what the fuck you think. And then some of these people on the same video, you're looking at them like, you know, they go, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for every little slight joke. And it's like, oh, fuck you. And then some of these people I'm looking at and I'm like, who the fuck are you? I don't recognize any of you people. You're so goddamn star for attention. You think you're so goddamn woke. That you're going to pull out this bullshit video and think that somehow somebody's going to listen to the bullshit you have to say. No one fucking cares. You're an actor. You pretend for a living. You're not important. You could drop off the fucking face of the earth. You could put a bullet in the back of your head, put your mouth over the barrel of a gun, blow your brains out, and in the next news cycle, you were forgotten. And that's the thing that nobody says anymore. Nobody says to these people, you're fucking worthless. You see these millionaire fucking actors talk about singing songs about imagine there's no possessions. It's like, well, yeah, it's fucking easy to do. You know, Ellen fucking hate her ass. This cunt, she's in a fucking, uh, you know, a gigantic mansion. Now, don't get me wrong. She earned her fucking money, right? She, you know, worked her, you know, she, people don't, people forget. She was stand-up comic for a little while. But she earned it, right? Fine. But when she makes, you know, cracks jokes and shit like that about, oh, yeah, man, you know, I think this place is like jail, you know? I'm stuck in here and everybody's gay. Ha, 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 ha. Stupid joke, whatever. But it's such a turnoff. It's such self-important douchebag bullshit. You know, when she was getting in trouble for, you know, this toxic environment. You know, and some, you know, in my generation, I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit. In my generation, if you had a toxic environment, you fucking dealt with it. Like a goddamn grown-up. You dealt with it like a fucking grown-up or you got another job. And if you didn't like it, fuck you. And that's the thing that bugs me. You know, you get these people who, who seem to think that their opinion fucking matters, and it doesn't. Think of the biggest celebrity you can possibly think of right now, all right? Anybody. doesn't matter. You know, Kanye West, uh, you know, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, uh, any celebrity. doesn't fucking matter. Any The weekend. I don't, I don't know the newer celebrities, right? Imagine if they walked out in the middle of fucking Main Street America. Pull out a 45, put it in their mouth, blew the back of their fucking brains out. In a year's time, do you think anyone would give a fuck? No, of course not. They would go, what the fuck was that? There might be some vigils and some other bullshit, you know, and then their album sales would go up or their video rentals would go up. What the fuck it is. But that'd be it. That'd be all it will be. And so when you when you see that, you know, you you got to think... No one fucking cares about you. You know, you you put out a decent, a, a decent uh, thing, you know, a decent product, whether it be a movie, music, whatever, and that's fine. And you can say, listen, I'm all about the music. I just want to make music. I like making music, and that's it, or whatever your art form is. 
Don't try to tell me how to vote. Don't tell me I'm a fucking bad guy for voting one way or the other. Don't tell me I'm a bad guy because I own a fucking gun. None of that shit. Because I don't give a fuck about your opinion. And so, a, a perfect example of a celebrity who, who, ex, who does just that. Jason Newstead of Metallica. The old bassist. I fucking love this guy, right? He went out and he said, I want to make music. Metal is in my fucking blood. I like making metal music. I like playing metal music. I like going and I like uh, touring and, and selling out arenas for metal music. And I love that guy. He didn't tell me how to vote. He didn't tell me, you know, about how being a vegan, not, none of that bullshit. It was, I like this. And whatever his personal beliefs were, I didn't know. He didn't fucking shove them down my throat. And then when he quit Metallica back in 2000, 2000 2001, somewhere in there, it was really apparent why he fucking quit. You know, he was tired of bullshit. And there's too many celebrities who will sell their goddamn soul and take it in the ass to get ahead in life. I mean, James Hetfield, I used to love him. Thought he was the fucking god of metal. I love Metallica, right? And don't get me wrong. Even some of their new stuff I like, right? Um, probably one of my more favorite songs is uh, My Apocalypse uh, of the Death Magnetic uh, album. Great fucking album, right? So they're doing this St. Anger bullshit. And he, there's a scene where they're doing this thing. And he goes, you know, hey, you know, with, with the therapist. He's like, hey, you know, what we have right now is, is more powerful than anything. And, you know, Jason, you know, he just keeps going, you know, metal's in my blood. And, you know, and I, he says, you know, that's, that's okay, fine. And I'm sitting there thinking, fuck you. What kind of fucking yes-men bullshit people do you have around you, dude? I mean, you, you made some of the most influential music of all time, and you're bullshitting about some fucking weasel little therapist sitting next to you. What the fuck are you doing? Make music. Tell me, you know, some, some thoughts you have, whatever. Yeah, you can tell me how you voted. I don't give a fuck how you voted, but you can tell me how you voted. You know, but don't fucking shove it down people's throats. And that's the thing that celebrities don't fucking get. And that's why we need... Sam Kinison type. We need a guy who'll come out and go, you see this guy over here? Fuck him. Oh, and by the way, here's here's 10 minutes of me fucking making fun of him. Um, I think the closest thing we have right now is Dave Chappelle. And I fucking love that guy. He is absolutely hilarious. He's got a bit on Jesse, uh, Jesse Smollier, I think his name is. The, you know, the Empire motherfucker who, uh, you know, made up all the bullshit and then... Uh, the prosecutor dropped all the charges magically because the chief of staff for uh, Barack Obama made a phone call and nobody bothered to like call her out or send her to jail or any eh, shit like that, right? Yeah, corrupt cunt. Anyway, one of the ugliest fucking women I've ever seen, by the way. The Jamie, what the fuck is her name? Fox, I think her name is. She's a fucking prosecutor. Jesus Christ, ugly fucking woman. Ugly fucking woman. And I've seen ugly women like Leslie Jones. That bitch and Ghostbusters. And by the way, Leslie, if you're listening to this, I doubt you are, but if you're listening to this, you fucking ruined Ghostbusters. Fuck you for that. Anyway. So, Dave Chappelle has this bit on Justice Moliere, and he makes fun of him for a long time, and I'm dying laughing. He's absolutely right about everything. He's calling him all these names. He's, you know... Um, his, uh, he's got these great bits and the whole time is you see Dave just simply not give a fuck. Just go out there and say whatever the fuck comes off of his, off of his, uh, 
the tip of his tongue. And he doesn't give a fuck. Especially when he's got a one, one bit where he goes, uh, he's talking about Chappelle's show, and he says, uh, you know, tell me why I can't say the word faggot. <laughs> and Renee, the lady who's a censor at Chappelle's show, goes, well, Dave, you can't say the word fragged because you're not gay. And Dave kind of says, okay, cool, cool. And he walks off and he says, huh, you ain't, on, you know, I ain't no nigger either, right? <laughs> and I fucking died laughing because he's, he's absolutely right. He's, he's saying things that are hilarious. It's politically incorrect. People lose their minds. And if you say a word, they lose their minds. They don't stop and think for a fucking minute. People are going to freak out the fact that I said it. Even though I didn't even say it with malice, and I didn't say it as as just part of my vernacular, I said it as a of what was said by somebody else. And there's still gonna be somebody out there who goes, "Oh my God, we gotta cancel him." And if you're one of those people, fuck you. I can't stand those little weasel cocksuckers like that. But you, you see the type of comedians out there and comedians if you if you look at them you can tell that they're the type of people that you know they 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 speak truth to power they they really say whatever the hell's on their mind now to be fair these people are still trying to make a living so you know they're not going to go out there and say everything that's on their mind but they may say some things that you know may get them a little bit of a little bit of grief um bill burr he's another one bill burr probably is one of my favorite comics right now working today he reminds me a lot of Kinnison. He's got this I don't give a fuck what you think kind of attitude. And if you have Netflix, please, for the love of God, check out F is for Family. It is one of the funniest goddamn shows. If you're a t sick, twisted fuck like I am, watch this show. I am belly laughing. Tears rolling out of my eyes laughing at this fucking show. Absolutely hilarious. Especially Vic. Uh, probably one of my favorite ones. Um, just, as, just as a memory. Not necessarily as, as a hilarious part. But... Um, Vic is uh, goes off the the wagon and starts uh, snorting cocaine again. He rolls a uh, line of cocaine over the steering wheel of his of his Corvette, and as he's turning the wheel, he's snorting the cocaine. Like, <laughs> and the best part is, Sue, the wife, Bill Burr's character's wife, goes, "Oh, what a nice man." And he goes, and Bill Burr's character goes, "He's a drug addict, Sue." And she says, "I, I don't know." And he goes, "He's gonna kill somebody." <laughs> I, th I really think that that's something that we need nowadays. You know, we need somebody to say, fuck you, I don't give a fuck what you think. And the problem is you get these Twitter mobs who come after you, who, who try to, you know, get you fired, who try to, you know, do anything they can because they're just so starved for attention. Pay attention to me. I'm more virtuous than anybody else. You said a bad word, and therefore I want you punished. No, no, you're not. You're a worthless human being, and if you put a gun in your mouth and pull the trigger, no one would fucking miss you five minutes after it happened. I just cannot stand what things have become. And it's a little bit of soapboxishness, but I mean, think about 25 years ago. Alright, you know, for those of you old enough, think 25 years back. Do you think for a minute your dad would put up with half of the bullshit out there? Now, to be fair, I, I got that idea from Christopher Titus, but he has a point. Do you think your family, dad, especially your grandpa, 
would put up with half this shit if somebody said, oh my god, I can't believe he said colored. He would say, go fuck yourself. Maybe even punch him in the mouth. And that'd be it. You go home, you'd spit out some blood a little bit, and you'd be like, yeah, you know what, maybe I was acting like a dick. And that was it. You didn't have these cancel culture people. You didn't have any of that shit. Some people flat out deserve to get their fucking teeth kicked in, right? Child molesters, you know, liars, shit like that. You know, like um, that balloon boy motherfucker. You remember him. He just recently got pardoned. But that motherfucker deserved to get his teeth kicked in, right? You know, he played on the heartstrings of people, made him think that, you know, hey, something's wrong with this kid. But, you know, some people who happened to, like, they, they had a white girl jump up on the stage and was singing a song for some rap guy's uh, song. She's singing along. She's singing the fucking lyrics. She says the word nigga. It's in the fucking song. And people lost their goddamn minds. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's in the goddamn song, you stupid motherfucker. I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the fact that COVID was hitting people that did not deserve to be hit and die, like old people, like, you know, the, the you know immunocompromised people, things like that. If COVID hit stupid people like that, I think I'd be perfectly fine with that. We need a good pruning. We need to have somebody who says, you know... You decided that you were going to, you know, try to get somebody canceled because they said something in your eyes not, you know, bad 15 years ago. Okay, well, you're a fucking retard, so die. You go away. No one fucking likes you. Like that David Hogg motherfucker. That little prick. This motherfucker. <laughs> I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But... When they had that shooting, that school shooting, down in fucking Florida, that motherfucker wasn't even there. And yet this little cocksucker turned that into a paying gig and nobody's calling his bullshit on it. Nobody's call nobody's asking questions about it. They had a rally with thousands of people with a goddamn stadium just weeks later. Those things take forever to do. Those things take forever to plan and set up and pay for. How the fuck do you think a high school student paid for all that shit? No one asked that question. It's just I'm seeing such huge amounts of bullshit out there. And a lot of it is true. A lot of it is just, you know, stupid people out there. Just need... Nobody punched them in the face. You know what I mean? Steve Jobs is another good example of somebody who just walked along did whatever the fuck they want to do, and nobody pulled them aside and says, listen, if you don't knock that shit off, I'm going to rifle you in the fucking mouth. You understand me? Nobody did that. And had had Steve Jobs been hands and knees on the ground, spitting out blood because he mouthed off to somebody, I think that things would be a little bit different. And nobody's doing that now. Nobody is pulling somebody aside and saying, listen, go fuck yourself, all right? Nobody is saying that shit because they're all afraid. They're all afraid that somebody somewhere is going to say something. And perfect example, uh, Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz, um, about a year or two ago, something came out about a blowjob or some sex thing. And some people came out and says, oh my God, we need to cancel Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan too. And you need to, you know, you need to apologize. You need to get out there. You need to go away. And Joey Diaz and Joe Rogan had the perfect Perfect response. I said, fuck you. And you know what happened? 
Nothing. Nothing fucking happened. That's what needs to happen. People need to stop being afraid of the Twitter mobs. People need to stop telling these people that their opinion matters. Because it fucking doesn't. They come out there and they say, you know what? If you're going to tell me that you don't like a tweet I sent 10 fucking years ago, like Kevin Hart's tweets, go fuck yourself. I don't fucking care. And it goes away. Because that's all they have. That's the only shot they have. They're going to take it at you. And if you buckle, they will absolutely eat you alive. But if you don't buckle, if you tell them to go fuck themselves, don't even apologize. Don't apologize unless you fucking mean it. Like, if you said, oh, man, I, I forgot about that. I'm terribly sorry. You know, I didn't know that I like that. Whatever. If you, if, if you mean that shit, fine. Say that shit. But if you meant that as a joke, and it was taken as a joke back then, tell people to go fuck themselves. And if you tell them to go fuck themselves, they got nothing left. Notice that. You'll see these people... Uh, the fuck, the fuck his name is. Um, he was a Saturday Night Live guy, and he became a uh, uh, became a senator. And there was a picture of him, you know, pretend grabbing uh, this uh, army chick's tits in a photograph. And he was just being cutesy, right? Fine, whatever. I don't know thing about the guy's politics, whatever. He's a little left leaning. Fine, whatever. But people jumped out and went, "Oh my god, me too." Oh, I can't believe it. He's such a bad guy. And it's like he didn't touch her, and she was asleep. And he, it was, it was a, obviously a fucking joke. He wasn't intending it to do anything. Now, if he had said, go fuck yourself, he'd still be in the Senate. Instead, like a little bitch, he decided to resign from Congress. And now, for a little while, I think he had tried to get back out of Congress. Couldn't do it. People were like, nah, 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 you know, me too, all that shit. So that's my, my advice for you guys. Somebody tells you, hey, man, you know, I, I really didn't like what you said. Yeah, great. Fuck you. Because people forget. This country was founded on the words, fuck you. People are too afraid now. You know, seeing somebody come out there and go, fuck you. I don't give a fuck what you say. You have no goddamn power. Nobody gives a fuck what you have to think. Nobody gives a fuck about how you want me to vote. None of that shit. In fact... Go home, get your dad's 45, put it in your mouth, and strengthen the gene pool. Because you're that fucking worthless. Anyway, that's a good spot for me to stop the show. You know, just going on my little rant and having a nice little good buzz from this, uh, you know, little lemon drop. And of course, people are going to tease me about it. They're like, lemon drop, pff, fag. <laughs> that's the other thing. And you you say that word and, and people lose their minds. It's like, nah, you know, back back in my day, you know, it wasn't against gay people, wasn't against nothing like that. It was just it meant that you were weak, you know, you were you're a bit of a pussy, you know, whatever. So and again, if you don't like it, fuck you. <laughs>